All right, so we open in the small hamlet of Wolcott. Outside the mayor's door, we see our two heroes exit, just speaking with him about his son and the creature his son has become. Um, they've Zalara and Margraine have learned the location of the cave. Um, they've also learned that a couple Red Hand are in town right now and made friends with Amethyst, the dwarven brewer who runs the tavern here in Wolcott. What are you guys doing? I think we um, just, we just head out to the location, I think. I, I think so. We're pretty straightforward people. Um, I don't think we're, we're the investigating type. I think proceed directly on to Big Monster. Sounds like us. I mean, okay. we'll come back t- later to come take care of the Red Hand, right? Well, if we want intrigue and investigation, we'll we'll, we'll go contact the people in Crux and they can do that, you know? Because they're so good at it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's only a few things that have exploded. It's fine. It's fine. They at least try the investigation part. We kind of are, we're doing people. That's why we're not with them. We kind of, we're action first. Right, Action right, right. oriented, you know? Uh, right. So you can make your way to the, uh, as he called it, the uh, Fairlane Woods, which is north of town. And as you were making your way through there, something that is evident quickly is the complete lack of noise. You hear some bugs chittering, mm-hmm. but you don't hear anything else. Zalara, no birds. This is, no no mm-hmm. birds, yeah. Um, so, Zalara, this would be something that you're... Nice. This would be something that, you know, it would jump up to you right away. Um, that You know, there's just... Something feels off about these woods. Give me... Um, but... Both, uh, give me a perception roll, anybody who wants to. Oh, nice. Margraine's best. Best stat. You ready for this? I got a nat one. You rolled a nat one. Yep, you got 10. My That's passive crazy. perception is 19. You ready? I rolled I rolled a nine. You rolled better than well, I, I did. You just don't have anything to add. I roll a nine. Really. I rolled a seven, which gets me to nine. Um, yeah. Okay. So... I am just not at ease with the lack of sound. It's just like, I'm not really noticing anything other than that. It's just like, oh, this doesn't feel right. So you guys make your way through the woods. As I said, um, you know, there are, um, there are, it's just, just kind of silent and it's awkward feeling as you go through there. Um, the mayor was right. It takes about 30 minutes for you guys to make your way through the forest. And if each step, because it is so quiet, it seems incredibly loud to you, especially Margraine, because of all the armor and everything. Um, mm-hmm. Like you're announcing your, your way there. So Maybe it, that's it. Solar is distracted by the armor she hasn't had to travel next to for a while. <laughs> that's oh, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's 100% it. Like, he kind of clanks around quite a bit, you know? It's just. Like, Mole had something great. under his armor that made it not as loud somehow, but yeah, Margraine it, it definitely was called does. Tact. That was the thing he had <laughs> under his armor. Um, self-awareness, tact, uh, decorum. Um, any of these things can help you like be a little bit more aware of your... Like, ooh, you I'm making noise. Let me space. move differently. Yeah. yeah, let me make less noise. That's, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you all make your way to the, the cave here. 
Now, right outside here, you do see the cot that the mayor was talking about. You see some straps on it that have been rended open a few times, shredded, um, and there's dried blood that's been pooled around it, so much so that it's like stains the ground. Um, and then you do see this cave right in front of you. What do you want to do? Well, I would like to use the world's most useful ability to find senses. <laughs> um, are there any celestials, fey, fiend, or undead within 60 feet? Um, let me within 60 feet. <clears throat> um, no, okay, delightful, perfect. Um, I think I would like to motion for Margraine to stay for a second, and I would like to stealth in and try to see if I can find, kind of get a quick little layout for if, A, if the beast is there, and B, if um, if it's, like, if it's the beast or the, the boy at this point, and then um, kind of a feel for, like, how it's laid out. Like, I know we have the map, but, you know, barrels can move, whatever. Um, okay, so go ahead and give me a stealth check. All right. I've already gotten the net one out of the way, right? So that's a 27. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that is okay. Oh, yeah, not even close. Um, so you're able to stealth in to the cave. The cave is dark. It's dank. Um, there are some, like you mentioned, some barrels around. It seems to be filled with some sort of, like, fresh water. Um, hmm. You're assuming that maybe the mayor or somebody has put this in here for his son. And... Yeah, but you were able to sneak in no problem. Um, are you... How deep are you going, I guess? I'm looking for the creature. So however deep that ends up taking me, but very, okay. very cautiously. So you sneak through the area and you hear um, a the, the voice of a, you know, like a, a young teen boy, somebody who's in, you know, the early stages of puberty. So it's a little bit of all over the, the range there. But they're talking... <laughs> Um, nonsense and saying uh, almost almost talking like a the like baby gibberish and you curve around a corner you you come to a fork or a T in the the cave walls or the cave road there and you mm -hmm. go to your right and you can hear the boy there um, and you see there's a, a cot in this room there's just a little bit of light like a lantern not like a lantern's been left on and mm -hmm. it's just sitting on the ground and you can see the boy's eyes glint in the lantern light like he's some kind of mm -hmm. animal and okay. as you're looking in there you do have low light vision right you're an elf yeah, yeah. i'm an elf um, yeah, yeah yeah so um as you're, you're looking in there you see that he's playing with what look like some bones and he's playing with them as though they're like toys mm, okay and all around you you do see that there are just you know um, the remnants of corpses animal human bones in the different stages of decomposing or, you know, the flesh has been torn off the, the bone in some areas all around the cave. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I think uh, at that site, Solara is going to back out uh, to Margraine and explain what she just saw. So I don't know that just talking to him is going to do much good. Do you think it might actually be a curse? Maybe. I mean, he's talking gibberish. We could try removing it from him. Sure. I don't know what triggers the change that they speak of, but it sounds like it only happens at night. And we are midday, so we should be okay, hopefully. Mm -hmm. 
just in case, and as we start walking up, Margraine uh-huh. is going to burn two uses of Sanctuary. <laughs> so we are protected for the next little bit. And uh, Margraine's going to... signature move. Yeah, Margraine is literally going to walk straight in there, straight up towards the boy. All right. Not trying as to be your... at all. Okay. Um, as you make your way through this area... Um, and, and you see the boy sitting on there playing with his bones, like I mentioned. He, in a very animal-like way, l- looks up at you and um, starts snorting and jumps up onto his cot. Uh, uh, nah, nah. And he starts just speaking gibberish and starts yelling at you, screaming in a panicked, angry tone. Okay. What do you do? So I am going to cast Tongues. So that um, basically the way that this works is the spell grants the creature you touch, so me, um, the ability to understand any spoken language it hears. Moreover, when the target speaks, any creature that knows at least one language, so that can be its own language, um, can hear and understand what it says. So he's he's saying gibberish. Mm-hmm. What's he what's he intending to say? Because even if it's gibberish, like it's a language, even if it's it a language only to, makes him. Sense yeah. to him. Yeah. So basically, uh, what you get from internet isn't any actual language at all. It is it is gibberish. But what he is conveying is basically like you know, get out of here. I'll kill you. Stay away from me. Leave me alone. Um, yeah, to that effect. That's the general gist of the the gibberish. Okay. okay burn all the things i'm going ah. to now burn channel divinity to oh, use emissary of peace to get me a plus five bonus on each of my charisma persuasion checks for the next 10 minutes and i will tell him um please be calm we're not here to hurt you and try and persuade him of that um go ahead give me a roll on that okay and you get a plus five yes roll so 24 plus 5 so 29 all right um so you say that and then he does seem to calm down for a second and he speaks his gibberish language back to you but he's basically saying are you bringing me food Um, we've come to attempt something better than food can we touch you is that okay and he kind of jumps up and, and yells at you, making it very clear, Zalari, you don't need to speak the gibberish language to understand that, he, no, he doesn't want that at all. Hmm. Should we do it against his will? That's what I'm uh, debating. Uh, <laughs> I can thorn whip him and hold him in place, so but I that would can, hurt. I can cast hold person. That's not an attack or a harmful spell. It just stops him, right? Like, that wouldn't, that doesn't count. Does it? What do you mean? It's definitely not a harmful spell. That does not harm him by casting hold person on him. I mean, not in the do damage sense, but yeah. I mean, if you did that to somebody, somebody's going to see it as a threat. It's not. (laughs) Hey, I'm here to argue for my best favor. Um, I could use entangle. That doesn't hurt, but it is a 20 foot square. So. Yeah. I think. I think even if it means dropping sanctuary, that I'll do it. I'm I'm gonna approach him. I'm gonna get closer and see what he does. All right. Um, you get closer to him, and he pushes him uh, back. He's up uh, up against the wall, 
and it's clear that as you get closer to him, he's breathing heavy, um, and it's like he's working himself into some sort of rage. Okay. Burn another spell. Um, calm emotions. So he needs to make a charisma saving throw against me. Uh, DC 17. Margaret's going to need a long rest. Hey, this is what <laughs> we're here for. I mean, that's fair. Um, oh, you said 17? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that, that fizzles. He, I got an 18 on that. Be calm, young man. And still continues to approach, even if the boy looks like he's getting worked up. All right. Uh-huh. As you get closer, as the boy starts talking, you notice that on either side of his neck, um, it, it's almost like there's some kind of like growth coming out and his skin seems to stretch. Oh, delightful. And pull. And you can hear like um, more voices join his as you see his head somewhat start to transform and become almost feline-esque on one okay. side of his so- head. Seeing that one, he is transforming, like, Margarine's uh, going to start booking it with his tiny little legs. Like, literally, he is going to rush it because I want to close the gap as quickly as possible. Okay. Oh, wait. I'm on the wrong wrong thing here. Where are we? We're somewhere over here. Yeah. Well, Margarine was rushing toward him, so... Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll let Alex tell me how close is appropriate for that. So, well, uh, yeah, so uh, let me just finish this here. So as you're rushing toward him, you see that he gets another head um, that grows out that looks like that of a dragon. On the other side, it looks like that of a demonic goat. In his middle, his his face turns into that of a giant lion. His whole body seems to stretch out and rip through his clothes. Um, and you see that he has this giant, like, lion's body, some wings on there as well. Um <gasps> So you're going to charge him? Cool, 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 cool. Yeah, Margaret's trying to close the distance. Yeah. So, yeah, you're, you're free to, I mean, that's about 35 feet from where you're at to him. Okay. So, so I don't know if your little your, your little halfling legs can get you that far. That's as far as I can get. In, okay. If you're saying it's a round of movement, if I'm charging him, then yeah. yeah. Or, or if I'm can... getting, like, technically a round of movement, I could have, like, dashed to get there. Seeing yeah. as like I'm pressing, which would be like 50 feet. I can like be on top of him at the beginning of whatever this is, basically. Uh, oh, my spell save uh, DC is wrong. Four. What is spell save I'm trying save to decide if this is a monster it. made to look like a boy or a boy made to be a monster. It could be the other way around. It could be. Uh, what were you saying, Kim? Um, I am trying to cast Entangle, uh, but my spell save DC is not correct on the character sheet because yay, roll 20. <laughs> well, I'm spell save zero, out. right? Like everyone passes against Solara? That's how it works? I mean, most of the time. There we she's go. She's not allowed 17. to ever be happy again. Right. So it would make her really sad if she never succeeded. <laughs> uh, That's fair, honestly. But no, uh, so spell save is 17. Um, and I I center it like away so that hopefully it's only in capturing the the guy, uh, the creature and not Margaret. Okay. Um, and what uh, what is it against? A wisdom. Con? Uh, con? Wait, let me look. Strength. Strength. There it is. Man, <laughs> I'm sure it's probably pretty... It's very strong, yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a 23. All right. Well, I tried. 
That was a good idea. I would I have to as well? Oh, because there's no way I can't be in this, right? Like, how wide is it? Twenty foot square. My goal was to cast well, it as you were running. So yeah, it's yeah, a twenty foot and square. It's a large creature, so she could have cast it like right here where I'm. I'm hitting on that corner. And not been and, on me. Okay. Not been on you. Yeah. Yeah, that was the goal. Yeah. Cool. Just making sure. Um, why don't we just do initiative now? Okay. Just to keep that it simple. Fair. Oh yeah, eight. Fourteen. I just realized I don't even have any of my stats at 20, and I'm, like, level freaking 15. That is <laughs> super well, unoptimized characters. Yeah, your stats were, like, really low. Mm -hmm. and you did not put them in the right places, if I to remember correctly. To begin with. Correctly. No, I sure didn't. Um, yeah. Oh, because I had to increase constitution so that I wasn't just a complete glass Dying cannon. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I remember now. Because let's see, you built a monk that was actually a rogue in your mind. You wanted a rogue, well, but you thought monk was cool. And then you died all the time, so you started no, no, dumping no. into Khan. <laughs> I wanted a monk, but I absolutely had to have thieves tools because I was listening to sneak attack. And they spent so much time not being able to get into a place because they didn't have any thieves tools in their party. And I was like, we are not going to have that happen. That's right. So your entire backstory was that of a rogue <laughs> in order to justify that you had thieves tools from thieves your tools. background. I remember this now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so thank you, sneak attack. <laughs> um, okay. So we'll go to the top of the turn order now. And that means Zalara gets to go first. Are we trying to restrain? Probably not trying to hurt too badly. But he is now a huge Chimera-type creature, so yeah. how much do I care? Margraine's intent is to not hurt him at all, um, so... Okay. What, I drop Entangle. Um, that is a concentration spell up to a minute, but I'm, it didn't do what I needed it to, so I'm just going to drop it. Um, what um, Your passive perception is 18. What is your passive, um, Margraine? 12. Mine is 19. Okay. Oh, yours is 19? Even better. Okay, so... Zalara, one thing you'll notice um, as you're looking at this creature as the entangle spell goes away and you're able to see its legs is on that on its right front leg and its two back legs. The rest of its clothes were shredded, but what you see here are three um, like uh, rings of cloth that are knotted around it like an armband. Three knots binding. Okay. Um, with that, I'm going to run forward. It's less than 50 feet, so it's not a problem. Um, and then I don't know how you want to do this, but my goal is to cut off the one of those, like probably the front front arm one, since it's probably facing me. What so, um, what are you using to cut it? I Her sharp fists, of course. Her <laughs> magical and sharp fists. I was just well, trying I to remember if I had a short sword because I don't have it in my thing anymore, but I do. You okay did and but i know we've gone through a few because there was some losing of them due to critical failures and some destroyings of some over the the years i can't remember if you still have one or not um i know that specifically at one point during the the fights with the universe that there was an extra short sword given to solara 
Okay. I and don't remember that, if it was Margraine or Mole or somebody else. We'll say you have it. Why not? We'll give it to you. Um, I th- think there's plenty of opportunity for her to have gotten a short sword. A short sword. To have at least something. Or, like, at least a knife, right? Yeah. Like, of some form. Yeah. And then uh, I, I don't have the stats in here, but I'm assuming it would just be, like, my normal dex attack. Because I'm yeah. short sword. Yeah. It, it's, you can be dexterous with it. So, yes. Plus and stats. Just, we're just going to go with an unarmed attack as the, the, what it says. But and it's really. It's 1d4. Plus don't forget, you can just drag and drop short sword if you type in short sword on the I for the compendium over onto oh, your it. character sheet, and it'll just give it to you. Mm-hmm. All right. So you swing at it, and you do, I mean, you roll a critical on it. So you definitely hit that that very small piece of cloth right there. Um, go ahead, and as you strike that, give me a wisdom save. <laughs> of course. Where's my, there you are. 22. Ooh, very nice. Okay. So let's see. All right, so um, uh, as you just to know, um, just because we haven't played with Margraine in a while, you are getting plus my charisma modifier on all of your saving throws as well. So another plus four, so twenty six. Oh, nice! As long as uh, you are within thirty feet of ten feet of me. Paladin radiance. Woo! So you, um, so you rolled that, or, or you you swung at that with your short sword. And as you do, a psychic attack comes at you and attacks you. Luckily, you did save, so you only take half damage, so take nine points of psychic damage. Cool. I will use my aura of the guardian. Um, Since she's within 10 feet of me, she'll Mm -hmm. take half damage, and I take the other half. So we'll split that. Okay, cool. Um, so you guys both take the psychic damage. Now, the head, the, the goat head on the chimera here disappears. So I did manage to get the cloth off. As, as the cloth was torn off, yes. Uh, okay, cool. Um, I turn to, uh, I, I just yell, get the other two bracelet things. Okay, I got it. I've got a plan. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I have a spell that specifically does this. Okay, I don't have anything else to do, so I step. Well, mm, but that's only unarmed attacks. I could spend a key point. Fuck it, let's do it. I'm going to spend a key point and uh, aim for the closest back paw to me to attempt to, like, rip it off if I can. Okay. I know okay. it's going to cause damage again, but whatever. And that's with my uh, flurry of blows. So I have two unarmed attacks, basically, if you're permitting that to be how I'm doing this. Sure. I'll let you do that. Okay. So the first one is a 24 to hit. Okay. That hits. So then I'm aiming for the one of those on the back legs. And okay. I don't know how much damage I need to do to rip it off. <laughs> yeah. Um, how much damage do you do? Seven. Okay. Yeah. You'll need to do a little bit more. Okay. So then I do my second flurry of blow attack. So I like reach in with one arm and I pull and it doesn't quite. And then I go in with the other one and then I do another nine points of damage as I'm pulling with this one. Okay. Well, then go ahead and give me a wisdom saving throw. <laughs> 15. Okay. Oh, wait. No, that's uh, 19. Or not. I said wisdom. Yeah, wisdom. That's right. Because it's psychic. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 with uh, the boost from Margraine. With the boost from with the boost from Margraine. All right. You do pass. Um, so go ahead and uh, take 14 points of damage. And with this one, as you remove that, the dragon's head disappears. Uh, that is my bonus action, and I am now finished. So I step back, because I've got the bracer that doesn't give me attacks of opportunity, or gives me 
avoidance of attacks of opportunity. Excellent. Okay. So what, um, it is now your turn, Margraine. Cool. Um, so there's one more of these little like rope things on him. Yep. Cool. Margraine's going to reach out and still under his aura of protection and everything, literally just touch it and cast remove curse to, um, remove the curse or break the attunement with the owner. All right. And as you do that, the creature screams and the rag, the knotted rag falls to the ground. It's magic gone. And then the creature shrinks back down to being the young boy, Benedict, once again. Are, and that's, are you okay? Where am I? And he's speaking like actual language now. Yep. We found you in a cave. <sighs> what do right. you last I, remember? I went up. I was in the woods, and there was this pretty lady. She was like an an elf, but more magical. I don't know. And she said that she would give me any of the strength I wanted, and all I had to do was put on those those uh, pieces of cloth, and I'd be as strong as as anyone in town. Ah, well, you were. Um, but I think we should probably take you home to your father. Okay, sounds good. Uh, whereabouts in the woods was this lady? Um, she was, it was just a little bit northwest of town in, in the Fairlane Woods, um, right around the mushroom ring. Uh, okay. <laughs> never deal with Faye. Yeah, never deal with Faye. So that applies to Cal too. <laughs> <laughs> you both make your way back to town with the child, um, who is clearly disturbed, and you can tell, even though it's been a few years, the difference in age from like you know twelve to fourteen, body-wise is you know mentally is is pretty great, and yeah. you can see the immaturity still within the way he holds his body. It, it seems out of sorts for you know somebody who's becoming a young adult. Um, and the way he talks to you, right? And the way he moves, it's almost like his his mental capacity. He's still twelve. Still twelve. Yeah. Yeah. So you um, reunite Mayor with his son, who's very tearful and excited. And that um, is there anything else you guys would like to do in town before we call this episode? Uh, well, overall, I want to go poison some uh, red hand, but we don't have to do that this episode. Yeah, I, I want to make sure that the red hands, yeah, don't have like backlash against this man and his town for now having his uh, seemingly now uncursed son, um, because they're definitely going to believe he's uncursed. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. And- then. And then, uh, uh, leave him with the strong warning to never go to that mushroom circle again. <laughs> I won't. I, I, I really won't. Um, so with that, with the reuniting of father and son, we'll call the episode. We did it. We won. Yay. Woo-hoo. <laughs>